We're going full on evil today when we list this. Hello everyone and welcome back to List This, where we list and you listen. I'm Josh and as always I'm joined by Cameron and Jim. And today we're going to be listing a kind of a continuation of last episode, if you will, not really, uh, top five Marvel villains. So I don't really think there's much we need to <laughs> say the, about that. They're the they're, opposite of the good guys, so yeah, we, yeah, we got to do it, so... Yep. So, without further ado, uh, let's start off with number five. Number five. Um, so, my number five is not very exciting. Uh, that's why it's my number five. Uh, it's that's King- why it's number five. It's Kingpin. Okay. Uh, Wilson Fisk. Um, I picked him, I actually picked him because I, I find him interesting because he doesn't necessarily have super powers. He is incredibly strong, though. He right. does have like, but he doesn't like shoot lasers. on the version too. Yeah. Can I just can I just can I just say? No, you that, can't. This is a uh, podcast. You can't say. You anything. know what? <laughs> He's also my number five. Okay. So. Oh my god. <laughs> cool. So, so here we are again. So. Uh, a little background on uh, on Kingpin. He's uh, um, he's very human. He really only has money, size, brute strength. And when I looked it up, he has swordsmanship. Yeah. <laughs> and I also read that Stan Lee wanted to humanize him more, so he gave him a family, which I thought was interesting. And he kind of uses that as a catalyst where there's a storyline where he thinks his wife dies. And so he goes on this rampage to try to get revenge and then, I guess, finds out that she's alive. And Yeah, I... So, fun fact, they did do that in the Spider-Verse. That was the whole thing. It was yeah, like that is. Kingpin was trying to open up these alternate universes oh, yeah, to get his true. wife yeah. and kid back. So, that was, I mean, to add on to kind of what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, I I will say the reason why he's on my list is because he's more just a huge influence in the city. And he's like that last remnant to me in Marvel of when the mob was the bad guy. And they weren't so focused on, like, all... <laughs> and they weren't so focused on, like, all of the bigger villains. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why I chose him because he, he runs the city from a different perspective it's kind of like a Lex Luthor thing for DC yeah. I mean that's basically what he he's a bald rich guy in a building that's, that's the there's, our, there's our first parallel to DC <laughs> of the episode there'll be a couple probably <laughs> but yeah most of the iterations that I've seen lately because you were talking about how he is like much more human he does have you know because into the Spider-Verse he did have some more of the superhuman strength as well as in the new Spider-Man video game because that was like also one of the main the main villains in that video game and that that was like especially being like the first bossy face was a tough you know was a tough boss because of because of the fact he was so strong and like some of those hits would throw you across the room so I don't know what like it all is like in the comics but that's just like some of the more recent iterations of him with the human strength I just like I like the fact that he I mean I guess most villains have like an army in front of them but like he like you said he uses the mob he uses the gang to try to get what he wants yeah and then but when that fails he doesn't aside from his strength that i guess his swordsmanship or whatever he doesn't really have much to fall back on that's kind of what i think too and the reason why i put him on my number five is because i kind of feel like even with all of his power and all of his wealth he doesn't and, and with how much of the city he controls, he actually doesn't really do much with it. So he he never really uses it to its full potential. 
Um, and I definitely think we've seen that multiple times. Like, uh, he's he's been... He's also been in multiple iterations of live action, like different live action adaptations for Marvel, and he's still not a very popular villain because he was in the new Daredevil. He's been um, in the old Daredevil as well, the original Ben Affleck one that no one talks about. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know what? So says this is going to sound, I think that was my first you know, iteration. That was the first time I ever learned about Kingpin in any way, shape, or form. I will say that I really did enjoy Vincent D'Onofrio's yes. uh, performance of him. I, the performance was good. I didn't like what the show did with him because I good. felt like yeah. he was kind of just a throwaway. I felt like I watched a whole season of build-up to see what was going to happen and then nothing did. Yeah. yeah. And then they just focused on Punisher. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. So, cool. So, Another... Another oh, joint, uh, yeah, uh, one on our list. So, my number five, um, I'm gonna go with something that was. I remember him being part of. I can't remember if it was a TV show or what it was exactly. And I remember him being really annoying. Upon further research, it was actually slightly interesting, but it's Impossible Man from the Fantastic Four universe. Well, I guess it is still technically like the Marvel universe, yeah. but like he's more prevalent the in subgenre of Fantastic. Yes, Four. that's yeah. where he's mostly popping up in. But he's actually an otherworldly being from the the planet. What is that? I've seen it a couple. Pop up, I think it's the name of the planet. P o p p u p. Yeah, it, it's just he was vacationing on Earth. He can shape shift. So like that was you know, I think one of the things that they did with him was they had him shapeshift as invisible girl to like try to lead galactus away and eventually have galactus actually eat his home planet because his people were, were bored from the description that i saw were were they were his people were bored they were essentially bored of living yeah 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 so he brought him over to that to that planet to have him but like they they nicknamed him the impossible man and i think that was done by the thing who i know is one of your guys's favorites um and oh, yeah. because of, yeah, because of the fact that like you know he is impossible to catch because of his ability to shapeshift and chaos inducing, you know kind of kind of the stuff that he does on Earth. Because one of the things that he first did, from what I was reading up on, is that he actually robbed a bank to pay for food so he could eat. So I'm I'm looking at this guy, and this may be a crude comparison. Um, Cameron, back me up here. Does he remind you of like Mr. Mixipitlick or whatever? That's exactly what I was gonna say, Mr. Mixelplick. Yeah, Mixel yeah. yeah. It's like it's <laughs> like if you yeah. took Mr. Mixelplick and gave him the look of Beast Boy, you would have yeah, okay. Man. Yeah. It just seems like yeah. he's, no, just, you're he's right. just kind of he's just kind of like a um, a mischievous character. That's, that's exactly kind of, what yeah. it is. That's exactly what he is. And you know, I don't know. Like one of the things that like struck me as like the most interesting is the fact that like he literally had Galactus eat his home planet yeah. because they were bored. I'm I'm a little taken aback by the fact that it says that he created his own wife and named her Impossible Woman. Yeah, and that was one of the things that was like... And um, created his own son because... and named him Adolf. <laughs> That's normal. Yeah, That's... under, under Marvel.com you have known relatives and the first one is Impossible Woman and in parentheses it says clone slash wife. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, I just thought it was an interesting. Yeah, we all get was... lonely. <laughs> so he is his own wife, pretty much. Essentially, which so what does that make his son? His son is just him. 
I don't. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, we're getting into yeah. Yeah. time. I think we need to move on. To, I just to wanted to bring that point. up. But <laughs> anyways, just to finish up, I just I wanted something a little bit different. And kind of as reading up, it, it was kind of interesting enough. Obviously, interesting enough for him for me to put on on his list. But just because I, like nobody really knows about this guy, and it was just. He's just a mischievous character. Yeah, I had forgotten about him, so he is. Wow, that's that impossible. I, I know. Yeah, Jim, Jim, your number five is impossible, man. That's impossible. Guy. I already made the joke. I did it uh, first. Uh, moving right along. I know that is interesting, though, because I didn't even know Impossible Man existed. I didn't know. I, like I said, I did. So. I did see him pop up in something because one of the pictures that comes up is from a cartoon. Um, which I remember him being extremely annoying. So I'll show you the picture. Yeah, that was so, him from like the cartoon, and that was yeah. I, he was an extremely annoying character. Cool. So Jim's number five is Conehead. Um, <laughs> yeah, green Conehead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, moving right along to number four. Number four. Uh, so my number four. I don't know. I feel like Cameron might be disappointed with me for choosing this, but uh, my number four is going to be Cletus Cassidy, otherwise known as Carnage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and the reason that I chose Carnage really is because of the Axis series, which is not Carnage at all. Um, the Axis series is um, a mini run where basically the roles are switched, right? So the heroes become the villains and the villains become the heroes. Okay. Interesting. And so it's Carnage trying to be a hero and just messing everything up and like killing people and trying to be the good guy. But um, but a um, little backstory on Carnage. Uh, he's the offspring of Venom. Uh, the symbiote. So Cassidy and uh, Eddie Brock were uh, cellmates, and yeah. Uh, yeah. the symbiote. There's this whole thing where like it reproduces by itself. It doesn't have to tell its its uh, like owner or where or whatever yeah, that it's reproducing. Yeah. And so the symbiote jumped over to Cassidy, and Carnage was born. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Venom didn't even actually realize at first that he had left a piece of himself there. It's kind of just one really? of those things where Venom just yeah. I mean, like, he just oops. spawns. So yeah. Um, I also said Axis is kind of. Here's another comparison to DC. Is is kind of like DC's Blackest Night, where it's a crude comparison because Blackest Night is like zombies and stuff like that, but the heroes become the villains in a way. Yeah. And um, but uh, I like Carnage because he's gritty, uh, he's bloody, and he's a brutal serial killer. And you know, it's it's kind of like we were talking about Deadpool. It you go in wanting blood and guts and murder. Yeah. And that's what you get. Yeah. So See, and that, that's, I don't, I don't that's what's always that. struck me as like, you know, interesting with like Carnage is he is essentially just a gnarlier version of yeah of you yeah. know of Venom but, yeah you know but like essentially it all boils down to the Venom symbiote because they have you know I was just looking it up I mean the amount of like yeah. other symbiote enemies have like that have spawned out from it is just it feels like it's off the charts now but Carnage is always one that comes up with mm-hmm. like deep-seated you know marvel spider-man you know fans and stuff like that and he's kind of interesting just because venom is a mixture of he even when he was first a villain or i mean i guess shortly after he was a villain he kind of slowly became more of an anti-hero whereas carnage is just straight villain he's just a villain and he's brutal and he's terrible i haven't ever seen i guess them use carnage the potential i've wanted them to and I think that's where I'm still waiting for, like, a great Carnage is the villain comic book. But, I mean, it's like you said. He's a serial killer. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of guts. That's kind of where, so far, they've pushed Carnage. Yeah. He hasn't really gone any further than that to me. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. For now, at least. 
for now. Yeah. All right. So for my number four, um, I'm gonna go into the X Men realm here, and I'm gonna go with Mystique. Okay. I really, okay. really like Mystique. Um, what well, I like. We all love Nightcrawler. Well, yeah, and, and we mom? all love Nightcrawler, <laughs> and it's his mom, and <laughs> I just think she's really interesting in the way that she can just deceive anybody. And she has the ability to get into places that other villains can't and even stay with the team or, like, with the hero team and just completely deceive them and turn everything on its head. I don't think she's always used to her full potential, which is why she's on my number four. Um, but I do think that her her just base ability set is really, really interesting and unique. And even being able to take on... Um, depending on what version of her you see, she can take on, like, actual forms of, like, sharp objects and stuff like that, too. So... She kind of did with Wolverine's claws in... The original X-Men film. Uh She did that, yeah. So she has ability sets that sometimes can push her even better... to be even better than other heroes or villains. Yeah, just... I've always just been intrigued with the shape-shifting aspect because that's such an, like... It's such an overpowered like just power in general because i mean the damage like you even mentioned like the damage that you can do from within it's just it is wild and i do feel like you know especially like in a lot of the movies and stuff that she's underutilized yeah um but i guess like it's you know it's good for a story because i mean she could stay theoretically within the x-men you know stronghold right and you know tear it you know, tear it from the inside out. Yeah, and I also appreciate... They haven't done this very well in the X-Men movies, because in the comics, Mystique is rarely anything other than just her blue self. Yeah. And I've always appreciated the fact that she's a shapeshifter who could be anything she wants. But she stays... But she stays as herself. But you know they have been doing that, because if you look at the first class universe with all that, she started with that, but then she started breaking into, like, you know, I need to be myself. Yeah, but she's still Jennifer Lawrence for most of the movie. Rather than yeah, being but there's but there's costumed. but there, I, I think I think they're laying the seed for what we see in the X Men trilogy, you know, that which is essentially the later you know like later versions. Yeah, it, it, it could be. I just always wish that they had done but like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get yeah. what you're saying though, but I'm that's what I'm trying, like that's what I feel like is like they're laying that seed yeah. for for later. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know that she raised Rogue. It says I didn't that, know that she either. is the adoptive mother of Rogue. And she raised her for a number of years after she was forced to abandon Nightcrawler. And the two women have mixed feelings towards each other. So that's, that's interesting. interesting. Mm. Wow. The yeah, more, that's the, no, the, X- the whole X-Men universe is very much, like, intertwined yeah. with yeah. each other. Because, I mean, like, if you, you even go further back to, like, you know, Magneto and Professor X. Like, they're the best friends. I just think it's fascinating how, like, not to go off on a tangent, but how they, like, took nothing and there's, like, so much intricacy in these stories and stuff. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it was her mom for, like, two years and then they went to blah, blah, blah. Personally, like, personally, I think... They had to sit there and think all this stuff out yeah. in their timeline. Personally, I think the X-Men world is, like, one of the better sides of, like, oh, Marvel. Yeah. I definitely think you it know? is. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, yeah, you can tell from our list uh, the, last episode, like, a we lot had of X-Men, X-Men were on our X-Men, list. Yeah. I, I actually so. think with how big the X-Men universe is and, like, X-Force and all of that, I, I think it kind of overtakes the normal heroes that Marvel has. With the Avengers? Yeah, I think it makes it more interesting because these are people that had, like, biologically an opportunity just to be normal people. 
but then they became something else. So then they have to kind of struggle with the fact that they weren't meant to be heroes or anything like that. Yeah. And they're taught how to use their abilities, but whether or not they want to use that for good or bad or for no reason at all, is like they have to, to decide. And I think yeah. it makes the world more interesting. Yeah. 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 So cool. Mm-hmm. X-Men, good area. Um, with that being said, I'm going to head back over to the Fantastic Four world and with my number four pick. Well, because, he, again, he's more rooted in the Fantastic Four realm, but it's Galactus. Oh, I am going with Galactus on this one just because it was another one that I was researching a little bit on. And he, from a lot of the stuff that I was seeing, he's not necessarily a villain in some ways. Um, just because, I don't know, like, if it would definitely be worth it's so much to go into detail. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I was seeing, he was doing out of his own survival in some ways. And, uh, like, I don't know, maybe the article that I was reading wasn't... Because I know, obviously, he comes and tries to eat Earth. But, you know, many of the heralds and stuff that he had... So, like, I know hit the first herald, because that was one of the big things, is, like, that's where Silver Surfer came from. His one of Collectus's heralds. Um, led him to Earth. But it was just fortunate that we had the Fantastic Four there, who a lot of times was able to get him away. Right. So where Galactus' good old villainy comes in is Silver Surfer is less of a herald and he's actually more of a slave. Yes. Um, yes. He His family's been taken hostage by Galactus and is constantly held in peril, mm-hmm. is the idea there. And then Galactus is like a world eater, he is. basically. Yeah, and, you know, but like I said, a lot of the stuff that I was seeing, because um, one of the first things I was reading is when he first came into being again after the Big Bang, because he, he was a being in the universe prior to the Big Bang, you know, that we saw here. And so when he um, came through onto this, this side of the universe, it was... He was not going after inhabited planets unless he had to. Okay. Like, that was one of the things that I was seeing. And obviously, this is... So, just just for the record, this is all off of, like, Marvel.com that I was, like, Which reading. So, like... probably sounds like a viable source. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But, like, you know, I, I know even with that, sometimes that's, like... I don't know if that's, like, fan-edited in a way, but, like, it's not always, like... You know, because like, I did see one previously where it was, like, you know, this isn't, like, completed content. Okay. So, it's essentially yeah. a wiki. Right. Essentially, it's a Marvel wiki just in a yeah. reskin. Yeah. So I don't hold that to the highest um, cl- uh, caliber. Right. But, you know, like seeing Galactus was really kind of an interesting. And he also did go against Thanos. He yeah. was one of the ones that fought against Thanos and was affected negatively holding the stones at one point, too. Yeah. I mean, I think Galactus is one of those that they've never really used properly. I think Marvel mm-hmm. might be afraid to use him again because of. Rise of the Silver Surfer with Fox, I think. That, that I don't whole... think they technically have rights to him. Well, they do now. Yeah, they that's true. Before, yeah, that's but true. I think that the Fox universe might have been afraid to use him because he's he's supposed to be this big, actual, like, humanoid Massive. character, and they turned him into a cloud in Fantastic yeah. Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, and that did not go over well because you turn one of the most talkative god-like characters into a cloud, it becomes like not as interesting of a story yeah but i don't know if they know how to use him outside i mean we saw that with we saw the same like cloud like idea with um because we kind of i feel like we kind of saw a little bit with dormammu in doctor strange where it wasn't quite the dormammu being um we also saw it in i in the green lantern movie 
where it, <laughs> like it wasn't the actual being. I will defend the Green Lantern movie on one thing though, which is that Parallax is an essence. He is not any one yeah. embodied. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I mean, I'm just about more of what I'm getting as like we're we're seeing kind of like the more negative connotations of not using. Yeah, like yeah. them, like they're supposed to be used. Um. Um. But one of the other interesting facts, because I'm pretty sure we're over time yeah. on this one, is that Galactus is seen in the image of whoever is seeing them. So, like, he's seen as a human or, like, as a humanoid. Right. From, like, human, you know, yeah. from people on Earth. He's seen, um, like, as a scroll from, you know, the Kree, um, you know, different stuff like that. So, that, I thought that was another yeah. interesting. So, he's visioned... I only know Galactus seen. from the Lego games, <laughs> so he's not as threatening. <laughs> that would explain why you're over here looking him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put him on my list because it was interesting, and like, and like, I just, I also kind of feel like we needed one of those big, you yeah. know, like. Uh, you're godlike. Ass- you're assuming they're not going to be a. That's fair. Out. That's <laughs> fair. But like, I know you guys, <laughs> so. Fair. All right, but yeah. Anyways. Um, Galactus is cool. Yeah, he is, he is cool. Neat. I wish I wish we can see him. I hope we can see him more. He's really fun on. in the comics. Yeah. Going to number three. That's correct. Uh, number three. My number three. So I found that I like more Spider-Man villains than I thought I was going to. Um, but my number three is going to be Hobgoblin. Okay. And I just love the like the Halloweeny look and the, like the little jetpack or the little thing that he rides on. Um, he's kind of like the like he's kind of like the pumpkin-headed Green yeah. Goblin in a way. It was like he's a predecessor to yeah. Green Goblin. So uh, his name is Roderick Kingsley, and I did research on all these guys, so I have like this little thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a, he was a famous fashion designer. He found Norman Osborn's secret lair. Um, who mm. was Green Goblin. Right. Um, so his friend actually found the lair, and then uh, Kingsley actually killed his friend so the lair would stay secret. <laughs> so oh, he could wow. have access to yeah. it. So that's just the, like, the first hint of like his insanity. Psyche, yeah. Um, and then, so he became obsessed with, uh, with, uh, with Norman Osborn's secret formula after he was defeated by Spider-Man multiple times. And then something happened, and um, everyone believed that he was dead, that um, Kingsley was dead. So this guy named Jason um, Mackendale, I think. Hold on. Sorry, I lost my thing. Yeah, so Jason Mackendale uh, was Jack-O-Lantern, which was another iteration of like Green Goblin and Hobgoblin and stuff yeah. like that. With a um, literal pumpkin head. Yes, with a little uh, was it flaming pumpkin. Oh head? yeah, oh yeah. Yep. He rides like on a broom. I the love whole, Jack the whole so nine much. yards. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is that um, Kingsley found out about this when he was like off. He had escaped and faked his own death and all this stuff. He came back to murder Mackendale and because he felt like he was the only one worthy enough to wear the hobgoblin uh, suit. So I thought that was just interesting that he's like this uh, egotistical, like psychotic yeah. killer. Which I feel like always makes for like a good villain is when you have yeah. someone who's like basically psychotic. Hey, like, look at Joker. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, you know, how successful has he been for, you know, X amount of years now? Or Victor Zez, who may have been on my DC list. <laughs> um, but no, I just, I like, uh, I don't know, I just, I'm a big 
Halloween fan and yeah. just the whole like Halloween look and like the yeah. oranges. Yeah, and I mean, one of the pictures and... I ran into was like he's literally holding a pumpkin and he just looks scary. Yeah, he looks. <laughs> I definitely think he has like a slightly scarier look than Green Goblin. Yeah, does. Um, but I mean, to be fair, I need to look at Green Goblin pictures again. I, I do think it's kind of funny with Hobgoblin because I think he's kind of become more of an idea, like in terms of the cinematic universe. He's become the idea of when they don't want to use Green Goblin, they kind of use just a form of Hobgoblin. Like we saw in Spider-Man 3, the infamous and very amazingly named uh, New Goblin, which oh, Lord. <laughs> who rode a flying snowboard. Uh, but he was just a version of what, ho- what should have been Hobgoblin. They should have just done Hobgoblin. Yeah. Um, and then same thing with Amazing Spider-Man 2. They weren't quite ready to do a Green Goblin again, it seemed like. So they did mm-hmm. another, essentially a version of Hobgoblin. But it's funny though, right? Because there's like multiple iterations of Green Goblin or Hobgoblin that they could have gone with instead yep. of trying to create their and own new crappy goblin. like yeah. version of this. Oh god, I forgot about that. I Green never goblin. saw Spider-Man three, but that oh, bums that. me out. You didn't they... see Spider-Man three? No. Oh yeah, James Franco rides a flying snowboard. It was James Franco. Yeah, new goblin. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, so in oh, that one, no. that iteration, it was that, that was Harry Osborn. Yeah, so it was, was Norman Osborn's son. Yeah, yeah who took over the Green a, Goblin mantle and became the New Goblin. And there is yeah. a version <laughs> in the comics where Harry Osborn's, where Harry Osborn does become Hobgoblin, but it's not that. It's not what yeah, Spider-Man yeah. three did to him. What yeah, Spider-Man yeah. three did is just unforgivable oh, and terrible. No. <laughs> oh no, James, what did you do? What have you done? <laughs> anyway, that's my number. Uh, yeah, number no, four. Hobgoblin I'm gonna. Is... I'm gonna Throw it over. To, I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're gonna hobble with the All bad right. joke. I was gonna say I'm gonna yeah. throw my pumpkin bomb over to you, but that didn't make sense. Okay. You're gonna throw him and blow him up. Number three. Uh, <laughs> so for my number three, I went with um, the Purple Man or Kilgrave from the Daredevil and Jessica Jones universe. Uh, for one, I really, really love the way he's portrayed in the oh, okay. in the Netflix show. I think he's amazingly played by David Tennant. I actually felt like he would, like, I just wanted to see more of him. Like, Jessica Jones, for me, almost became a show where I cared more about seeing what he was going to do than seeing about what the rest of the show was. Jessica Jones? Yeah. I did hear that that was a very good, like, portrayal by... It's probably, I, I think Marvel's had a villain problem, like, cinematically and, like, what they've done with their TV shows, but I think Kilgrave was done so well. I just think he's a really, really interesting villain. He's an interesting villain because he kind of just plays himself off like he's a guy with like these godlike powers. I knew I was going to get some good, but, some good pictures looking at Purple Man. But the the idea of him being able to control anybody with just whatever he says is just kind of that terrifying idea, especially with the way he kind of just poises himself self within crowds and sometimes will do it for his own amusement. Just to see what like reactions he's going to get out of people. So now, is it like an actual power that he has, or is he just so charismatic and so good at persuading people? It's like if you took both of those and combined them. That's basically okay. what so it it's is. Like a, it's, it's like a minor I mean, power. That, he like, can he whisper can into people's ear and he can get them to do it. So it's like if you took charisma okay. and made it into a power. But he ha- like he's so influential to anyone that he meets i mean like that anyone listens to whatever he says no matter what he says and i think it's really interesting too and jessica jones they give this moment where there's there's this idea of what would happen if he had become like a more of a heroic person instead and you kind of see if he used his powers for good but 
I think it's really cool because he, in terms of a villain, he just knows who he is. And he knows that it's just not who he is. Yeah. So he's not going to do that. He wants to cause chaos. He wants to be in control. He has, like, this seething need to control everything. Interesting. But he's a really interesting character. He's a really fun, charming villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the first thing that came up as soon as I searched up Purple Man, because I had no idea who he was, was, you know, David Tennant. So a couple fun facts that I saw looking him up, because I don't know who the hell that is. So I had never heard of him before. I've never seen Jessica Jones like we talked about last episode, like the Daredevil series kind of fell off. Yeah. And I felt like yeah. Jessica Jones was kind of in that scene. It scared me because of what they did to Daredevil. Jessica Jones is better than Daredevil was. Okay. I will say that. The first season. And then they had like first Luke seasons. Cage and Iron Fist and I was just Not like, even too much. No. It was oversaturated. too much Marvel. And plus they also had Punisher too because like that was my thing. It was like, I never really watched the series because mm. it was just oversaturation. Like I yeah. just, I didn't want to delve more into the universe after I, the movies. I do want to give... DC equal criticism. There is too much DC on TV right now with all like the CW shows yes, and stuff. There is I agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, I there agree. are they're going like overboard with that. Mm. I do still think it's funny because uh Iron Fist, he basically was just Arrow. Like it was literally like the same show, which is why oh, I never yeah. watched it. Because he's like he goes to train far away after everyone thinks that he's dead and lost, and then he comes back with like these unnatural abilities, wearing green, saving the city. It's the same story. So, real quick, a couple of things that I saw was cool. It says, In an alternate future of the series 2003, Marvel 1602, Kilgrave becomes president for life of the United States. <laughs> oh, that's a that great use of his powers. powers. Yeah. 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 Um, but it also says, and this is a nod to our previous episode, Marvel Heroes, or Marvel Good Guys, um, that Moon Knight defeated him okay. Okay. by wearing earplugs. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> great. See, that's why he's so great. Such a simple thing. Yeah, right? That's amazing. You can so. talk to me. No, I'm not listening. <laughs> Problem solved. Cool. Um, good. I like uh, I like learning about new new people. I do too. I do too. And I think that's what this list is going to end up doing the entire time. Because uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys know anything about my number three pick, which is a Super Scroll. I... So, I haven't seen Captain Marvel. I played Marvel Legendary, the deck building game. And the scrolls are in there. And they're so, super cool. Super, I don't think the Super Scroll is technically in the Captain Marvel movie. But scroll um, yeah. the scroll yeah the yeah. scrolls are the super scroll is was the better version the more uh, engineered and genetically enhanced version so it was the Captain America scroll <laughs> yes basically because um, one of the cool things that so actually Captain Marvel sparked an interest in looking up the super scroll and like looking up what really happened in the Marvel universe. You know, maybe because, you know, the whole, like, secret war thing, which is big with the squirrels, because yeah. they have the ability to shapeshift. Yep. And so what sets the super scroll apart from the regular scrolls is the fact that they have the ability to also copy the powers of the people that they the... face. Yeah, it's just So, like, you know, that's one of the pictures. Yeah, so you got the Human Torch mm-hmm. is one of the big powers that he, like, it looks like he siphons yeah. quite often. So, like, yeah. you know, not only does he ha- still have that, plus he's stronger. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's more powerful. He has ability to siphon other people's powers while still retaining the same powers of his scroll predecessors. And I thought that, that that's what made it so interesting to me was like it takes that shape-shifting thing that we talked about with Mystique and it adds on to it. Because mm. that's a very like a very scary villain for the Marvel yeah. Universe. And if the MCU decides to go in a direction of the... Uh, which I don't think they are going to. But like if they decide to go in the direction of the Secret Wars, I think it would be interesting to see how they're going to portray that on screen. I had actually completely forgotten about uh, Super Scroll. 
I remember the first interaction I had with him was in Fantastic Four, when he can just, like, absorb all the powers. Yep. Uh, I think the reason why I forgot about him, though, is because he's not as influential in the Marvel Universe as DC has Amazo. And Amazo yeah. is used yeah. so much more. So I think with seeing Amazo more, I just completely forgot about Super Scroll. Yeah. He, he is, I mean, he's the same thing. He Like, they both absorb powers, they use them. They also... I don't know if... Does Super Scroll also absorb weaknesses, though? I don't remember I if don't know. That. that one I'm not really too sure about, to be honest. Um, but I think what sets this apart from Amazo, for me, is the fact that he is part a part of a race of people who are trying to, like, yeah. take over. Whereas, no. like, I think... I don't know I don't know much about Amazo, but I don't I don't know if Amazo is, like, part of, like, a race of people. I like Amazo's how... Amazo's built. I like yeah. how your list is, like, tying into each other. Because Super Scroll is also part of the Fantastic Four universe. Yes, yeah. yes that's where he's like and, mainly set in. And yeah. Super Scroll's planet was destroyed by Galactus. Yep. So like everything <laughs> in your list yep, is coming full correct. circle. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, like It's funny because like, I did like the Fantastic Four movies growing up. I did watch the new one and I hated it. Um, but like, you know, I did like a lot of the stuff about it. But <laughs> watching, watching Captain Marvel like brought this whole new and that's where i really jumped into a lot of research background mm-hmm. research with the scrolls and stuff like that and like reading up on the super scrolls was you know because of seeing like how close was captain marvel to the comics versus like how the other movies are you yeah, know I mean, so that's honestly one of the reasons that i'm interested in seeing the captain marvel movie i haven't seen it yet but i like the the scrolls as a villain i think they are yeah, really cool. yeah yeah villain race i remember hearing that originally that was the idea for the first avengers movie is to use the scrolls instead of the alien race that just kind of died when their leader did but that would have been really cool because i do like the scrolls and they are like seeing super scrolls go up against things like fantastic four where you can have one go up against a team of four and it's just Mm. like perfectly even it's really fun to watch cool good choice fun choice learning more um so number two number two uh my number two is gonna be not a spider-man villain i don't think um it's actually gonna be a hulk villain um it's gonna be maestro maestro i saw i did see so maestro is hulk from a future alternate timeline he's got a sweet ass beard Yes, yes, I did see him he's come up on a, a couple he's lists. He's got a big bald Dude, necklace. Dude, he looks... Yeah, you can tell he's from um, the Hulk universe, because that's so a big... he's significantly stronger than Hulk uh-huh. due to the amount of radiation he absorbed. He uh-huh. survived the nuclear war that wiped out nearly all of Earth. So he's from Earth 9200, not, uh, 9200. Um, it wiped out nearly all of Earth 9200's uh, superhumans, and he seized control yeah. of this place called uh, Dystopia, which is kind of an obvious name um so but he's fun because he it says you know he combines bruce banner's strength and everything that you get with hulk but you get to see like his more evil side okay and so i think that's kind of interesting and yeah this is interesting i think just a lot of like so i think a lot of the hulk uh villains in general are interesting because they're essentially just other hulks because mm. you have like um, like Red Hulk, essentially, right. who was, you know, the captain who, you know, yeah. underwent the same thing and, you know, turned into villainy because he had a little bit more hate. Um, you also have, like, Abomination, who's essentially the same idea, like, you know, the Hulk yeah. put underneath. And They're both ter- giant green monsters. Uh, yeah, yeah, essentially. And then you also have, um, is it Scar? I think it's his name, who is, a, like, the son of the Hulk. 
in yeah. a different universe or in a different I don't know. timeline. And then who's essentially have, just... And then you have She-Hulk. Exactly, who is just another Hulk. Yeah, like, so yeah. it's just like the whole... I don't know what it is about. Like, yeah. It's just like... It, cause so it's, I've never read it, but I've always... I've really been interested in World War Hulk. Yeah. There's like a, a run where it's just yep. like nothing but Hulks and stuff. And it's just... <laughs> Um, it really interesting. Well, that's what like um, there was actually an animated series that did Green Scar. Okay. Yeah, there was essentially an animated series that did like a Hulk. It was like a, uh, like a reality TV Hulk. Oh lord. Show. <laughs> that was actually kind of an like kind of a funny show to watch, because um, it puts them all on a team. Mm. So, <laughs> but, but I, yeah. But I like my show. But yeah. I like my show because he, like I said, he shows Hulk's evil side. It's like when you have the Hulk, he like. In the movie, you know, in the movies, and I'm assuming in the comics and stuff too, he just destroys things, but he doesn't mean to. He just loses control and he doesn't know how to control. To an Hulk. extent, to an but extent, this yeah. is Hulk meaning to do bad things, yeah, meaning to harm people. So Plus, it's, he it's, looks it's really badass. Dude. Yeah. Like, seeing the picture, he's doing it in a methodical way too. It mm-hmm. like he's very like he he thinks about every single thing before he takes on these heroes, and I think that's really important. Yeah. Too. Because he is, like, because at one point, Bruce Banner and the Hulk kind of do, like, they did a, a little bit in the MCU, but I think Hulk becomes, you know, much more evolved and much smarter and much more articulate and stuff like that. And so, like, this is interesting to take that version of the Hulk yeah. and, you know, like, you, uh, exactly like you said, and make him evil. So, um, cool. Good choice. So, yeah, my number two is uh, Biker Hulk. Biker Hulk, yeah. <laughs> Biker Hulk. <laughs> Biker Hulk. All right. Like Lobo from DC. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lobo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cameron, what's your number two? Speaking <laughs> of green, uh, mine is Green Goblin. So oh, nice. you mentioned Hobgoblin. Mine's Green Goblin. I think he's really cool. He has been the reason for so much chaos and just like these terrible deaths that have happened in Spider-Man's universe. Um, he's also the reason why Mary Jane like dies in the comics, which spoiler alert from like 40 years ago. Uh, but he he hey, just he throws her off a bridge, right? So he yeah, so he throws her. I think it's like it's off a building or a bridge or something like that. And then it's kind of that infamous moment where Spider Man learns physics and he catches Mary Jane <laughs> and her back breaks because he doesn't catch her properly. Oh, I yeah. thought that was the Gwen Stacy. Oh no, thing. you're right, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Let me go like... back. It is Gwen Stacy, not Mary Jane. Thank you for correcting that. So it is Gwen Stacy that he kills, but Gwen Stacy was like Spider-Man's first love because then Mary yeah. Jane comes in. Yeah. But yeah, no, he breaks her back. Um, so Mary Jane was his rebound, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes, no, but but this is also Mary after, Jane did become his wife. This is yeah. it was also um, Gwen Stacy had children with him in one of the comic book storylines with Norman okay. Osborn. So with the Green Goblin, this is where this whole thing spawned out of. So not only. Did Spider-Man love this person who had children with this villain, but then that villain killed the love of his life, and it kind of fell on Spider-Man as being his fault. And I think a great villain is someone who makes you kind of look introspectively at yourself, and in that moment, Spider-Man blamed Green Goblin for, you know, doing what he did, but at the same time, he's the ultimate reason why she died. And I, I just think that's such an interesting moment. Um, but Green Goblin also was portrayed so well by William Defoe in the yeah. first Spider-Man film. Yeah. One of my favorites, still to this day, like versions of a villain. It's I interesting just, to see so his cool. suit. Yeah, too, as supposed to being a mutated, like mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, when you were talking about the Hobgoblin, Josh, like I wanted mm-hmm. to mention, like, 
they they, they brought him in very briefly in into the Spider Verse, like Green Goblin, because I wanted to talk about that that yeah, version of the Green Goblin, which yeah. I thought was really interesting because he was a hulking like. You know, he was much bigger than what he normally yeah, was. He was they, less like, humanoid and more beast. Yeah, it was like a super serum thing yeah. that they had him on. Yeah, I that version of him was really, really fun. But he's just, he's fun. I wish fun we could have like, seen more of that one, too. Exactly, added, yeah. added a little bit more, like, you know, we talked about different, you know, the different Spider-Man iterations, you know, all the different iterations that we see of a lot of these. Yeah, I just, he's fun in every iteration that I've seen him in. I haven't read a comic where I haven't enjoyed him. I haven't seen a movie or, like, a show or whatever where I haven't enjoyed him. So I just think he's a really interesting, fun, chaotic villain. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, cool. I learned something just now by looking up Green Goblin and Into the Spider-Verse. He was played by Jorma Tacone, which is really weird, which is one of the guys from Lonely Island. Oh, <laughs> oh what? So that's, that is that's really, really that's bizarre. Kind of, that's kind of definitely odd and way out there. Welcome to Random Facts with Josh. Yeah, Ooh. pretty much. Yeah, I'm learning stuff. Um... <laughs> Cool, yeah, Green Goblin. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, I'm glad that both of the the, the goblins, goblins, yeah, were were brought up in this. Um, I'm finally gonna venture away from the <laughs> the uh, Fantastic Four villain universe, um, and my number two pick is gonna be the Red Skull from Captain America, just because I had to put him on here because he is evil to the core. Like he is, he's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, he's the baddest well, of the bad. But like, I mean, he, but he has so he's much a more than that. Well, which is a Nazi. He's a, he's got Nazi values, yeah. still. Um, but he's, I mean, he's just this man is evil to the core. You know, I mean, you even see it because he took the super soldier serum and it turned him into, you know, what he was. Like, he, he turned him into this to, to the Red Skull. You know. Yeah. No, I, I I really enjoyed watching Red Skull, uh, Hugo Weaving. Yes. Play Red Skull as uh, in uh, was it the first Captain, Captain yeah. America? Yeah, Captain First. Uh, both of them. Um, because I think he was in Winter Soldier briefly. Yeah, I, I I just think he's a he's an easy villain. Just like you said, he's super evil. He's an easy villain to hate. You know. He's yeah. Essentially, and then I again scene. like I'm base I base a lot of myself off of the movies. Um, I didn't really read too much into the Red Skull because I mean I know we see him also later in the MCU you know being the protector of the Soul Stone you know and like uh, essentially like an angel to death in a way where you know he's the one guiding them off of the cliff to make the sacrifice for the Soul Stone um and he's just he just looks cool he looks yeah it's amazing skulls Yeah, and that's one of the things I loved about, like, seeing him on the big screen is just that, like, yeah. it was slightly less of a skull because you still had to take a humanoid. Yeah. You know, you still had to take a human person and make him into the red skull, and I think that made such an amazing look for him, too, because it was still skull-like, mm-hmm. but not necessarily a skull. Yeah. I, I think Red Skull is really interesting. I prefer him in the comics in the way they've portrayed him in that compared to the movie. I think the movie I loved I loved Hugo Weaving and I loved his performance, but there's a reason why Hugo Weaving didn't want to come back for the role either, and it's because they really didn't utilize the character. He's he's very like what's the word for it? He's very melodramatic as a villain in that film. He's very like every shot is him like holding up his fist and like, like oh, yeah, his face. And it's, he's I can overly see that. comical I can see that. in a way in that film. And then at the end of the film he really doesn't do anything. 
Yeah. And he, like, nothing that he does changes anything. I mean, I guess technically it leads into the Avengers, but that was just kind of a forced plot point more than anything. <laughs> I also think it's amazing that they had to, like, still create the Hugo Reaving, Weaving Red Skull without Hugo Weaving, which... I don't know. That's just kind of one of those funny things because they still had to do it for, you know, uh, Infinity War and yep. all that stuff. I was trying to look it up, and sadly, it doesn't seem like he was in Marvel Ultimate Alliance <laughs> in any of the games where you get to beat him. That's really I know that sad. was a strong recurring theme. That is theme really last sad. Episode. Yeah, this is, it has not been a recurring theme this episode. <laughs> not this episode, but last episode it was. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> trying, to, I know. trying to tie it together. <laughs> Um, no, Red Skull's a solid yeah. villain, though. He is yeah. he is a really fun villain. He's one that I wish we would have gotten to see more of, yep. but unfortunately we didn't uh, cinematically. It, okay. So as I was searching up Red Skull, one of the things that came up was played by Mark Hamill. So I okay. was trying to figure out where Mark Hamill voiced Red Skull. It was in the Marvel Superhero Squad. Uh, like kids. Like... Yeah. <laughs> so another little fun fact that you know, he was able to add um, Red Skull to his repertoire. And with that, we are going to head right over to number one. Hi. Head right over to number one, Red Skull. I, oh. I wasn't even trying that time. <laughs> number one. Um, and my number one is actually going to be Green Goblin. Okay. Uh, oh, nice. Norman, Norman Osborn. Uh, so, Were you some Hall Spider-Man? Huh? Were yours all Spider-Man no. villains, this one? Nope. I had, uh, well, Kingpin is Daredevil, and Maestro is Hulk. Okay, there we go. So, Maestro yeah. is the one. Kingpin is So though, three out of five. Also... Oh, no. Kingpin's a <clears throat> uh, Spider-Man. You uh, can't be, but he's well. not predominantly, yeah. So if you take him out, three out of five. Uh, so Green Goblin, um, I, I wrote a couple sentences about him, so I'm going to talk about it, <laughs> um, <laughs> even though he was already year number two. Yeah. Um, so he was a businessman who actually experimented on himself, um, trying to give himself uh, like super strength. Um, he got super strength, but it made him, him insane. So he became insane. He became uh, jealous of Spider-Man's like fame that he was getting, and his son Harry was hanging out with him and stuff. Yeah. So he became Green Goblin, um, and. He learned. He actually learned uh, Spider-Man's true identity as Peter Parker, and found out that Peter Parker was good friends with Harry, and he became jealous, and um, so he has this hatred for for Peter Parker. One yeah. thing I've loved that I've noticed is like even though that some of these villains are finding out secret identities of their, like they don't just release it. They don't the say world. anything. Yeah, they yeah. could just like do yeah. like the worst thing possible and release it, and then yeah. do whatever bad they wanted to without having that hero around. Mm -hmm. Like so, but it's 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 cool to have that. Uh, <laughs> Um, Accountability, I guess. So, I was trying to be subtle when you were talking about Gwen Stacy. He actually murdered her by throwing her off a bridge. Okay, so it was off. It bridge, was the yeah. Washington Bridge, but they, it was more like I think it was the Long Island Bridge, but they okay. called it the Washington Bridge yeah. in the comics. Um, but uh, like I was talking about with Hobgoblin, I like Green Goblin because he's he flies around in the mechanical glider, which is really cool. Yeah, I love the and glider. Then, That's like he, one of my favorite things. And then he throws pumpkin bombs, which is like super yeah. cool. And then same with Hobgoblin, he just looks really cool. He's just yeah. a really cool looking villain. And that's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why he's my number one. Is yeah, cool. no, I mean it's definitely. I mean, like, Willem Dafoe like, definitely like again solidified that and, choice. Yeah. yeah, like again, Green Goblin for a long time was 
you know, the opposite of Spider-Man. It was, mm. you know, like, he was another one. Like, I know we talked about Venom being, like, the opposite of Spider-Man before, yeah. but, like, Green Goblin was another one. Mm. Like, you know, for, as I was growing up, it was always, it was Green Goblin and Spider-Man, or Venom, that were the two, like, main opposing I, forces. I just like that it's his main drive to, like, take him down is jealousy. Yeah. I think that's interesting. It's specifically it's not... targeting the hero. Yeah. Because um, that brings up another interesting point. It's like, how many of these universes do we have these super villains because of the superheroes? And, like, if you were Harry... I mean, I've, you know, I've never seen the, the Tobey Maguire movies with the with Willem Dafoe and with Green Yalman and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But if you're Harry and then you find out your dad's trying to kill your best friend, you're just like, Dad! <laughs> I don't uh, know. I just think yeah. that's funny. So yeah, yeah, number cool. one is yeah, uh, cool. It's a good choice. Yeah, Cameron doesn't have much to say because I, I don't have much to say because already. I said it yeah, already. Said it so yep. my number one is Green Goblino. It's a great choice. That's all I can really say. That's, yeah. All right. Well, Let's see what you got, Cameron. my number one is going to go back to the X Men universe and specifically more the X Force side of it, which is um, Apocalypse. Okay. I nice. have recently started to like Apocalypse more and more. Um, been reading a lot of x-force and just the way he shows up and just what his story is uh he's so he's like five thousand years old or something like that um he's like the considered the oldest mutant he was born like deformed and he was abandoned and all these things but he, he actually ended up thriving and not dying even as a baby um he's just he's a really really powerful villain in the way that he amasses other mutants to fight by his side he has his horsemen um x-force does the very first one that remender wrote does a really really important storyline um where apocalypse is going to be reborn and x-force is basically sent out to make sure that they stop him from being brought back okay um and then they find out that he's brought back as a baby and that is where kind of like the crisis moment for them comes in because do you kill a baby (laughs) yeah and i don't want to spoil that but I think it's a really interesting storyline, and it runs for multiple uh, graphic novels and in multiple issues. And it, it just kind of is really interesting to see what Remender did with that to, to take one of the most powerful villains in the Marvel Universe and to make it like a child and make it, you know, something that's not as terrifying. It's that yeah. idea of do you kill the ultimate bad guy when they're a child? And they're not the ultimate bad guy anymore. Or could you raise them and risk it and see if they still become that person? Yeah. And let tons of people die if they do. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem. It's a but dilemma, yeah. but I, I also think he was done really well by Oscar Isaac in the X Men Apocalypse film. Um, I had a fun oh, really? time watching I him. him. Yeah, okay. Oscar Isaac either. played him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think he did a really fun job. Like you said, you didn't know he played him, and I think yeah. that's a good point there. Um. I know a lot of people didn't like that film. I just thought he was a fun villain, just watching him take his horsemen and choose how he was going to use them. Um, I would have been able to watch like an even longer film on it just to see how yeah. all that plays out even more. But yeah, I just think he's a really fun villain. He's the strongest mutant out there, basically. And he's just... He's just so much fun to watch every time he yeah, shows up. Plus he's another one of like the supreme like entities, yeah. essentially, like along with... like. You know Thanos and um, yeah. Galactus and stuff like that, where he's just like this. Well, and he can he almost. considers himself a god, and he's not really, but he yeah. has kind of a right to call himself one in a way. Yeah. So there's like that weird yeah, setup yeah. there. Yeah. So I really like 
how they took like kind of the biblical approach to where he calls upon yep. the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. I think that is so cool. It yeah. is. That's one of my favorite things about him. Yeah. Does he call on them often? So what he does is when he's ready to start the actual apocalypse, like his actual namesake, he mm. then goes to them basically is like the same way you'd see in the Bible, like angels coming to people gotcha. and he calls them to him and then he gives them, he, what he does is he promises them something more and basically ups their abilities like tenfold. Oh, cool. So like Angel, for instance, who's basically worthless because tons of X-Men characters can fly. That's his only ability. Yeah. But he takes Angel and he gives them like he, these metal tipped wings and like this full metal body but it also changes angel's mind and makes him more villainous rather than wanting to be a hero so it also it creates that's also a whole nother storyline in (laughs) x-force as well so it's really really interesting interesting it's fascinating yeah he's kind of a neat kind of a neat character i was also looking him up he's got a crap ton of abilities yeah yeah he's like i didn't again i didn't want to just like list off his abilities but he's one of the strongest villains molecular manipulation like oh my god well he was just saying he like completely changed angel from just a singular flying character to this yeah, I mean, the idea Metal. there is that he can find those mutants that have so much more potential than what it looks like, like Angel, for instance, and he can pull out all of that potential yeah. and make them incredibly strong and terrifying. He's so cool. So, yeah. yeah. Jim, you going to top that? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Um, I think it's like the third episode where we're like, Jim, can you top that? <laughs> yeah, <number one?"> like, <laughs> um, so... My number one pick, I'm going to go with uh, something kind of... I don't know, I feel like a little bit goofier in some ways, but Modoc. Okay. It's gonna be yeah, just part, partly Modoc. because I love the way he looks. I think it's one of the most interestingly designed um, Marvel villains. But the fact that like his name stands for what exactly he was created for—it mm. literally stands for um, like mechanized organism designed only for killing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like um, so he like from what I was saying, he was created by AIM. Um, which stands for, I don't remember exactly what it's like, something, like, they deal with mechanics, basically. They deal with a lot of, like, mechanics type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, I don't, like, okay, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know a lot about MODOK. Again, I just know that he is, like, kind of an eccentric, from what I've seen, an, an eccentric guy, character, who looks just amazing to me. Um, <laughs> AIM stands for Advanced Idea Mechanics. That's it, Yeah. So I was trying to do a little bit of like research, like while we were, you know, a little bit more research, like while we were sitting here talking about it. Um, but I was l- listening to you guys as well. <laughs> so I mean, this is going to be one of those weird ones where no, I don't I, have a lot of information. I picked him because I like the way he looks and I kind of like the idea of what these stands I do, for. I mean, it's showing. I mean, he's super intelligent. Yes, he's highly intelligent. Um, I do think he's he looks cool. He, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's part of the reason why I like my it so only, much. My only gripe is he looks like Krang from Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. A <laughs> like bit. instead of being yeah. a brain inside of a robot, that's where I saw his Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Um, so one of the weird. pictures I came up with, he literally like his brain is like yeah. showing up top. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, I think he is one of the smarter villains um, in the MCU, which I think makes him a little bit more. And I do, it doesn't surprise me, if I remember correctly, because he was in Ultimate Alliance. I do remember defeating yes, him. Yes, he is in Ultimate um, Alliance. Yeah. I think he is on kind of like the goofier side of the villain Which I spectrum. like, I appreciate that which, Yeah, which like, I was going to say, all have doesn't to be surprise so serious. me that he made your list. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, Modoc is yeah is interesting. So, I, guess we I know I I unfortunately I couldn't top it you know with mine. But this actually gives our listeners a chance. If you to, know stuff about Modoc, yes, please. Can, I was just gonna start saying that. Please yeah. tell us. Teach us stuff that we can't research because these articles are super yeah. long sometimes. You can uh, <laughs> you can post on our Facebook page or our Twitter at List This Podcast. We would like to know more about Modoc. Yes, <laughs> other than putting him um, on my number one because I like it, the way he looks. It does say that he's part of the World War Hulk storyline, which is interesting. Okay, which makes me even more interested to read. So, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably should have put him lower on my list. I'm gonna be honest, but I went with what I had. I so appreciate that you stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and with that, that is going to conclude the list portion of our Ooh. top five um, Marvel villains. I'm really, I'm really uh, surprised. Like Doctor Doom didn't show up on your list. I actually was too that I thought about putting him on there a couple times because he is, I think one of like the, you know, strongest Mm. villains. But yeah, no, it's I'm surprised too. Or Howard the Duck, my God. Uh, With that, (laughs) is that really a villain? I don't know. He popped up on uh, villains. He's a villain to society. Yeah, he's a villain (laughs) to Marvel's reputation to the movie universe. Um, With that, we're gonna move over to honorable mentions. And my honorable mention is actually going to be someone that was on your list earlier. It's going to be Red Skull. Okay, cool. Um, I put Red Skull on there, and I put, uh, he looks really cool, and there's nothing better than to hate a Nazi. (laughs) (laughs) And those are my reasons why Red Skull is my honorable mention. I don't feel so bad about having a character on my list because I like the way he looks. (laughs) So so it does say... When I when I did look up Red Skull, that mm-hmm. he was created, he's the antithesis of Captain America, right? Yeah. So he was created in 1941. Um, so the antithesis to Captain America or America in general in 1941 is going to be the Nazis. Yeah. So whether he's Hydra or whether he's Nazi, he's a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> And That's what I'm saying. Like, even though he's like considered here, he has Nazi ideals. He was portrayed as a Nazi agent. So yeah, originally he, when he was created. That's what I, he, I would like to bring up. That so was Captain America. Very. That's recently. fair. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I would just like to but say that. But he was that. so brainwashed, right? Okay, that's also. And <laughs> like, I also did see something too, where like, wasn't he like like the the Nazi Amer- Captain America was like cloned, essentially too. Okay. I feel like I saw you know, something like you know that who as well. was not a Nazi? Captain Canuck. <laughs> Or Captain Mexico, or, or Captain, Captain Britain. <laughs> I just want to say, with the Captain America being a Nazi thing, he's like the true ultimate villain, guys. <clears throat> That's fair, yeah. Because they but... made it like canon that he's been a Nazi the whole time, secretly. Yeah, it's not is... that he was brainwashed. It's that this dude has like just a been a Nazi, yeah. yeah, like the whole time. You take the hero. That's kind of a weird angle of the forties. Yeah, it didn't last it. very long yeah, at all. Of course not. But I think I, I think I bought the number one issue for that, and I the cover got ripped, and I was really sad. But <laughs> everyone that was quite the story. Josh. So, <laughs> my my favorite thing about that is just them coming out with a press release after the first one after the first issue and saying this is not where Captain America has been brainwashed or anything like that. He has been a sleeper agent this whole time. And then like two issues down the line they were like he was brainwashed. 
I was like, you guys really doubled back on that really <laughs> yeah, quick yeah. there. I wonder why. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we covered a lot of Red Skull in the list, so I'm not going to go into it. So with that, um, we can move right over to Cameron's honorable mention. All right. Yeah. Is it? I don't know if this is cheating. Is it cheating to have an honorable mention from my last list? It's not an honorable mention, but this is a character from my last list. Is it Venom? It's Venom. That's, I mean, I have a backup, but I also don't think you guys are going to like my backup. That my backup might be cheating. I'm curious to see what your backup is. Okay. No, we'll talk about the backup. Let's, talk let's go, yeah, let's yeah. go no, with the backup I, I think because Venom we talked a... about Venom. Okay. Ven- okay. Venom, is a, Venom is a beautiful character. I just want to say real quick. He's a beautiful character because he's been both a great hero and a great villain. Now, moving on, my backup is, this is a weird one, is society in X-Men. Just society. Just the world around them. And okay. I know okay. that it's kind of okay. cheating. I want to no, say no, this. No. no, because that's one of our biggest things when we're <laughs> trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work for a list. Make an argument about it. Right. If, there, if you have a reason for it to be on the list, make an argument. So I want to hear your argument for so it right now. My argument for this is without society and the way they play in the X-Men universe, you don't really have any need for someone like Magneto. Because Magneto yeah. is out there because he's going against what society wants. Society wants to abolish the, the nature of mutants. They want to take out that entire race of beings. Exactly. And you have Magneto there trying to stop them, but then he does it in a way that massacres them. So then the X-Men have to stop him, but then they're also attacked by society. And then not to go just that, but like, you know, the X-Men are also trying to work with society who is constantly combating them right. on this. Like, that's, and, what, that's what sets the two... Apart X-Men versus like Magneto's like, you know, group and stuff like that is like they're both combating society, but in different in different ways. Right. And I, yeah. I think it's really interesting because you have like this whole team of people that's their whole goal is to save everyone that they can, yeah. regardless if you're a mutant or not, from their own kind. And then these people will like like this government will double back, they will kidnap them, they will experiment on them, they will use them as weapons in the military. Like, yeah. I just think yeah, it's, yeah. I think they're, like, the main villain that you see in X-Men because they're present every true. single story. Without society, we wouldn't have. It's fascinating because it's kind of like that idea. They they uh, they show this idea of, like, I'm scared of this thing. I don't understand it, so let's just get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. And then there's and the government on the backside of that that's, we don't understand it. We're scared of it. We're just going to experiment on it and use it for our own gain, which is how Wolverine even became the hero that he did but I, I just think that there's so much there that's built in the world around the x-men that's more important than the villains they face yeah so no see, and that's again if you think that's cheating tweet us at list this podcast <laughs> i don't i tell don't us. i don't think it is because again you know that's one of our biggest things is like we're always asking like does this count does this count does this count? No, I mean, I think, make an think, argument about it i think a villain doesn't necessarily have to be a individual person no i think you made the case just now as to why that yeah yeah well and like i said i think villains are about self-reflection and i think that society makes all of the x-men characters reflect on themselves more than anyone else does and you bring up an interesting point about like society in general if we were in that situation it kind of makes you introspective right where what would i do if like wolverine was walking by me on the street you probably. I, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. fight it. And that's yeah, sure. no, yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Is like, would you walk across the street, or would you try to act like you know, yeah. or would you just walk yeah. by like nothing's wrong? Like, or would you want person. to take that somewhere, start a petition, start a you know? Yeah, like I don't something. want him. I don't yeah. want him yeah. as exactly. part of my community. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that's a good. I think that's a good honorable yeah. mention. Yeah, because you, you made a very compelling argument about yeah. it. So yeah, I I like that. I like that you went stepped out a little bit from Jim. It. Can you follow that? <laughs> um... <laughs> 
Dude, I hate this. I hate this. Um, yeah, I think I actually do have a, a, a much better following than I did previously. Uh, my honorable mention, I'm going to go into the Spider-Man world and go with Tombstone. Um, yeah, I thought Tombstone was interesting. Again, he's another one that's kind of popped up recently for me with the new Spider-Man game um, and the Into the Spider-Verse. And so I wanted to do a little bit more research about him, and that's what I did. And I thought he was definitely worth mentioning because he's a much lesser villain. Um, and I think because he's also part of the Daredevil world. Yeah. As well, a little bit because another he's another mob based one because I actually think he worked with Fisk um, from time to time. But I think what's so interesting about him is he does have powers. He was actually born with albinism, so he's an albino. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, from what I was seeing, he does stuff like shaves his teeth down or not shaves them, but like point you know shaves them to a point. Yeah. And he does actually end up becoming superhuman because he um, mm-hmm. something happens in like a shootout with a friend of his or whatever and he runs into this room that has like this radioactive stuff in it and it grants him essentially like super skin i wish that's how radioactivity works <laughs> right right you walk into a radioactive plant and walk out with the that's totally how that works yeah, that's... yeah. uh no actually we don't condone people doing that <laughs> uh, but no no he so one of the cool things is like he is bulletproof in a way or yeah he, he's basically bulletproof he's got some he's got you know I don't want to say super strength, but he's stronger than your average human. Um, and one of the interesting things that I've read about is that one of his weak points is his eyes. Because in, in a battle that he faced with, I don't remember who it was, but they, uh, it, oh, it was Deadpool. In a battle that he was, you know, engaged with in Deadpool, Deadpool had him pinned down and threatened to stab him through the eye to penetrate his brain. And Tombstone immediately gave up because that's his weak point. Is his eyes okay? Okay. So I just thought that was an interesting thing with like, but I just thought it was cool. Like you don't really see bulletproof. It's weird that Deadpool didn't like, like knowing Deadpool, he didn't just do it. Yeah. So <laughs> even um, after he gave up, yeah. like... so but I mean, like it was also interesting to find out that he was had albinism because most of the yeah. portrayals that you see, he's gray. Yeah. Okay. He's a grayish, which is where I thought part of the tombstone part came from was that he was gray, and essentially a walking boulder, you know. To bring that full circle, this says that Tombstone was hired by Green Goblin to take down Spider-Man. Yeah. So, that's that's interesting. Another little tidbit that I didn't know. I do think that's interesting how... I mean, you know, DC does it too, and Marvel does it, how they kind of like... They try uh, to tie everything. Intersect different villains into... And you were talking about that before the podcast, how like... Marvel tends to only use a handful of villains predominantly, yes. but they do stretch them into other universes, which I think is kind of interesting. I do like that they do that as well, but I mean, there are, and I think we talked about this a little bit previously, like before the podcast, is that there is a lot of, a lot of like lesser one-offs, yeah. like villains in the Marvel world, and like they, we do see a lot of these more prevalent villains used so much and some of these lesser villains, like, you know, sometimes, like, Tombstone, you don't see that often. Like, he has his appearances, but, you know, how many people listening are going to know? Yeah. You know? So. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to bury that honorable mention. Yeah. And uh, move over to Dishonorable. Stop it. Yeah. I'm curious to see what our Dishonorables and, are going to be. Oh, boy. <laughs> you guys are going to love my Dishonorable mention. Very curious. I feel like um, I know which one it is. So, instead of doing like 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 last episode, I did kind of an off the wall, ridiculous thing. Instead of 
going more. Oh, this per, you know this yeah. predominant villain sucks, and this is why. Um, I chose Asbestos Lady. I oh, saw her man. today in my research, oh, and man. I debated putting her on. Read about my, her today too. On yeah. my uh, so, yeah. So Asbestos Lady wraps herself <laughs> in asbestos. To fight. Um, to fight Human Torch. Yeah, Because dude. apparently asbestos is resistant to fire. Because that's the best way to do that. that Absolutely. Is. However, <laughs> however, this was before they knew asbestos was cancer-causing. And yeah, because like she yeah. actually, like, the character actually died The from character that. dies of cancer at the age of 45. Yeah, because of the fact that she wrapped herself in yeah. asbestos. Yeah. That's so terrible. Yeah, no, I know like, it is, but it's just so bad. There's yeah. so much like, about that is I dishonorable. It is just, like, you can tell that this is from a different time period yeah. based off of the name. Yeah. It's asbestos, girl. Like, this is, like, from the time where they were literally naming them after what they did. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, I mean, I was gonna bring that up with Purple Man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like, yeah, it was they like were a pretty purple obvious man. purple like, of, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, they're a, they're a little on the nose there. Like, yeah. You got this villain. He's a man. He's purple. What are we gonna call him? Yeah, uh, Purple Man. Purple yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she wears asbestos. What are we gonna call her? Just call her asbestos girl. Like we yeah. need to like you know, asbestos lady. This that thing, is a lady. I'm sorry. There's that thing that was Purple Man and Jessica Jones. He's not purple. He's just oh, he wears purple. He like, wears yeah. purple. That is not the but same. But that is not the same thing. That's <laughs> like if Green Goblin just like wore green. Yep. Yeah, he it's wore not... a green suit. Yeah. Well, he did. In the, the I'm talking like a green business suit, though. Oh, got like, it. <laughs> like Riddler suit, like full on green. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Green Goblin. Uh, so, yeah, but Asbestos Girl, or Asbestos Lady, asbestos I'm lady, sorry. Yeah. Um, I debated putting may, her on my list. May she rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> From, oh, from her asbestos ridden suits. I can so, I could not believe that whenever the description. We'll, we'll, we'll take this back to reality with Cameron's. I, yeah. I just want to say real quick, like the fact that she wraps herself up with the best with asbestos, <laughs> it makes me wonder, like, when Human Torch hits people with fire, does he like actually like burn them and hurt them? Because sometimes he just like fires it into a crowd of people. Like are you people know, getting we're, so we were talking about that on a previous one. I like I talked about Human Torch being on my yeah. list and like how much I enjoyed like fire as an element and like as a power. Right. And as I was like driving, I, I was driving <laughs> home today thinking about the fact that like the amount of destruction that's caused by fire. Because yeah. like if you were to like shoot fire into something, it's gonna spread. And so I started thinking about that more, and so I'm like, you know... So the, really, like, the least destructive hero is probably Hawkeye, because he's just like, an arrow bounces off the building. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, with this... Like, I, I don't know where you were going with it, but with the asbestos lady, how much other damage did she cause, like, walking around? That's also like, a good question. Through, like, like, how many people did she, she harm doing that? Yeah. Maybe she's the ultimate villain. Maybe you've got this completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, all right, Cameron. All right, moving into my dishonorable pick. We, we talked about how you just create a hero and then you name them after exactly what they look like. <laughs> oh, I, I've got the Toad from X-Men. Toad is... That was kind of a weird one, I gotta he's say. He's such a worthless villain. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, for one, he's not a... He's, he's like a main member of Magneto's team, but he's always off to the side. Yeah. He's always getting thrown around. He's always getting just, like, the hell beat out of him. Yeah. And he... Uh, all he has is he like can jump like a frog and he has a large tongue but i feel like neither of those are helpful instances no. it's like what i was talking about with angel where he just has wings like yeah. you can fly so can everyone else yeah like toads up against someone like storm who can call in lightning storm yeah. nightcrawler who can just bounce around the whole room yeah, in puffs of yeah. smoke. like 
And I also have to imagine that tasting everybody while you're trying to grab oh. them with your large tongue is not and the like, best way. And, like, where does way. he keep that tongue? Like, you know, he, like, like I feel like something it. like that is weird because he talks. Like, you know, as far yeah. as, like, a regular toad, like, they're yeah. not going to talk. They make ribbit sounds, and that's it. So, like, they could totally store that. Yeah, they, like, roll it up, and I don't, I guess he just sucks <laughs> it into <laughs> his body. That's... It's just a fold down. Oh, Toad is just... Yeah, he's weird. He also is the reason for he one of the worst weird. lines ever, which I think is in the first X-Men film, like the very first one they ever did, where Storm says, do you know what happens to a Toad when he gets struck by lightning? The same <laughs> yeah. thing that happens to everybody else. Yeah. And that's... I remember that. But uh, it's a terrible uh, line yeah. that is worthy of how awful he is. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. But he's just... Out of all of Magneto's team, his squad, like, <laughs> Tone he's is, so is worthless. So why did they think they needed to put Storm, Cyclops, and Jean Grey up against Toad? <laughs> yeah. Why did they think... Who you know, wrote that maybe thought that was a good idea? Maybe he's secretly, like, one of the strongest villains in the... No, like, he's not. You know? <laughs> he's not. I will debunk I mean, if there was this green kid hopping around yeah, trying right. to lick me, I would be a little bit, like, concerned. Yeah, but you're not going to, like... I feel like even you as a regular person walking down the street, you're just going to be like, okay, just keep going. Like, you're not going to be threatened by that. It, yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh, I just, he's just not threatening. And I will say, I would be very curious to see if Apocalypse could pull anything interesting out of him. Uh-oh. Uh, go ahead, finish your thought. I, I just... Because I think it'd be interesting if he has any like powers inside of him that are waiting to blossom and bloom so he can yeah, become like, frog like, like instead of warts? Like, yeah. what is that? <laughs> that that would be terrible this says, i would not want to fight him yeah um yeah. this says that the x-men movie lineup includes a figure of toad modeled after ray park who's the guy who played him yeah uh with a long removable tongue removable and whipping tongue as his accessory uh, <laughs> so not only can you play with ray park you can remove his tongue <laughs> Oh, it just God. sounds like yeah. Yeah. I okay. I need to stop figures. for a minute because I did not know Ray Park. Yeah, plays <laughs> Toad. He plays some of my favorite characters, including Snake Eyes and Darth Maul. And this poor man has yeah, played Toad. Had to play Toad of yeah. all things. That's so funny. Well, we all have to do trash every once in a while. Yeah, that's fair. Give him so, Nightcrawler, Disney. Let him. Do all that. right. <sighs> Moving on. I think I have one that's top Cameron's final. <laughs> Can you top that? Yeah. So, all right. Mine was kind of tough. I have two of them on my Dishonorable, and I still don't know which one I want to go with, but I think I might go with Blue Streak. If anybody knows anything about Blue Streak, I also had, for the record, Blue Streak. I also had Hell Cow. Hell Cow on my list. Uh, I mean... But anyway, so Blue Streak, from the description that I saw, was <laughs> a guy in roller skates... <laughs> Oh, I know who this is. A guy on roller skates who could travel really fast, <laughs> and that was his whole. That was his whole thing. <laughs> I don't even know what. So it does say that he has lasers mounted on his arms. Okay, that and, I didn't and, see when I first like saw him. And he can drop caltrops to puncture tires of pursuing cars. <laughs> uh, and he has like a whole team of roller skaters. Oh, that's Come on. great. Okay, then let's go with Hellcow. <laughs> They're also rocket powered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Hellcow is even funnier though. So I'm, I'm. This is going to be a little unprecedented, but I think both of these are worth mentioning as a dishonorable because Hellcow is literally a cow that was bitten by a vampire. <laughs> Dude, that's sweet. <laughs> but I mean, it's <laughs> like he looks kind of cool. Does he? He's apparently in the Lego Marvel game. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go, John. How, did you, how did you yeah, not know about him? He's got cow. wings? Cool. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, he's a vampire cow. You gotta have wings. <laughs> but I mean, as far as like origin stories go, like a cow that was bitten by a vampire. He's one of those cows that has bull horns. We need to talk about this. this. Why do cows always have horns? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> cows don't have horns. Hell steer? Hell steer. But then he shouldn't have an udder. Oh, so he's got both. <laughs> he's yeah. got both. Okay, interesting. Uh, um, two things that I want to mention about Hell Cal. Please that, do. Or three things now. Okay, please do. Um, its name is, is Bessie. <laughs> Which is like the most generic cow name. <laughs> this ever. is the picture that I saw originally, um, by the way. It's like oh the second or third God. picture when you hit images yes. for cow. It says that its species are cattle and vampire, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and its first appearance was giant man, a giant size man thing number five <laughs> in 1975. Oh, yeah, there's the. Uh, oh, he doesn't have the, hut, uh, the also, udder in the leg oh, of the He doesn't have the udder. Also, anymore, what is yeah. super bovine strength and agility? <laughs> <laughs> One of its powers. All right, so that's definitely my dishonorable. Then it's going to be a help yeah. Yeah. Um But yeah, so I just figured. Oh, there you go. Very effeminate. Um. Yes. Yeah, so immortality, vampirism, flight, shape shifting. So I mean, it sounds like a kind and of a cool bovine aside strength. from like being a vampire cow. It sounds kind of cool. Bovine strength and agility. I'm, I'm just saying, if I saw a bull cow with an udder and horns standing on two legs with say, a cape and wings, I would be terrified. Like, it's a cow <laughs> standing on its hind legs with a cape, like. <laughs> Uh, if you guys know anything about Hell Cow, please tweet us at List This Podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually interested to know. What I keep seeing I'm pictures of Deadpool. I'm interested to know what it yeah. can shapeshift into. <laughs> That's like, also like a cow bat, right? Like, I want to go back to our cryptids episode here. Like, I thought I'd be afraid of like the Mononongle, but I'd rather go up against that than <laughs> Hell Cow. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! This is, like a, this is like a bat with udders. Yeah. And oh horns. my god! I don't even want to. <laughs> and uh. a cow figure. There's so much wrong with it. Oh man! Good, uh, good dishonorable to end us with. Oh yeah! Jim. I finally had one that's on camera. We're gonna. I'm gonna put a poll on our Facebook actually. Do it. Which dishonorable do you like more for gyms? Blue streak or hell cow? Because I actually want to know. Because I like. Blue Streak. I grew up roller skating. I think that's funny. I think it's silly. But like, his team is the Fast Five. I think he sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys win. Yeah. Hell Cow is my dishonorable. Yeah. Hell Cow is my dishonorable. That's fine. Well, uh, thanks for sticking with us for this uh, top five Marvel villains, and that's. <laughs> It's wild. Cameron showed me pictures of like Hell Cow. <laughs> X-Men versus Vampires. If uh, anyone wants to look that up. Ooh, buddy. Storm is getting just like what is just, what is even happening? I don't this know. A lot I don't going know. On. Anyway, this has been our top five uh, Marvel villains. Uh, you can always find us on Facebook and Twitter at List This Podcast. Um, as always, I'm Josh. You can find me on Twitter at JawsXBird. I'm Cameron. You can find me on Instagram as ThatCameronGuy22. And I'm Jim. You can find me on Twitter at HoldMyJimbles. And we will see you next time. This has been List This, where we list and you listen. Thanks, guys. See you later, guys. Bye. Yeah.